0: Welcome, Pew Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I'm John ledger This is Matt. We're both coming to you live from Indianapolis, PewterReport.com, brethren, out here in these streets. And we've got a lot of prospects to talk about today, Matt, and we've also got a certain player on the Bucks roster that might be heading to another team here when free agency opens in a couple weeks. It was a pretty wild, what do you think the week is today? Wednesday?
1: It's Wednesday. Wednesday. I had to like stop myself from thinking about it for a second because the Combine started yesterday, and normally when you think of like when something starts, when, when the week starts, it's a Monday, but now everything was pushed back. Right. Um, so today is Wednesday, but yeah, we were rocking and rolling today. It was another very very fun time. Very informative. Ton of players we talked to, and it's the skill positions as well too. Wide receivers and tight ends and quarterbacks as well too. But obviously, uh, the Bucks are a little more focused on receiver and tight end. So those are always the fun positions. You know, they're the ones scoring the touchdowns. The forty yard dash is the most important to wide receivers, and um, I think we got a lot of good coverage, insight, and just information that we didn't know about a day before, and um, it's all. Very interesting and important to the box, Right,
0: absolutely. There is a ton of coverage from today's combine that definitely relates to Tampa Bay and namely their interest in this tight end group. Uh, also, the wide receiver group as well. There's been some interest there from Tampa Bay. A lot of teams will meet with a lot of players at the combine but not necessarily in the form of formal interviews. So typically when you hear about a formal interview with a player, it is noteworthy. To what extent, we don't know. The player could be off the board. They could like the player, but they could like him in the second round and other teams like him in the first round. They're are a lot of variables to all of this there's no question about it so keep all of that in mind we're not saying that anything is is pertinent with the bucks and a certain player but we are saying that the interest is is real and uh it's definitely something worth reporting on and talking about now here at the combine and the tight end position has been kind of the talk of the event let's start with this per the athletics tim graham it looks like rob gronkowski is, uh, or the I should say the Bills, are interested in signing Rob Gronkowski. Obviously, the Bills were interested last offseason. This isn't coming as a surprise probably to most people, but the fact that the interest is being reported by Graham, who's one of the more reputable Bills reporters out there, shows us that it's, it's very real. The Bills are going to come after Rob Gronkowski if he wants to keep playing when free agency opens. So the Bucks are going to have some competition. They had a little bit last year as well. Maybe the Bengals will be interested. We know Gronk said that about uh, Joe Burrow a few weeks ago, and I think that would be... They're a good fit for him, too. And the Bucs will be in the mix as well. So uh, we'll see what, what will happen. But it does seem like the Bills are, are trying to get Gronkowski, Adam to Dawson Knox, and kind of put their roster over the top as they look for a Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, John, I think this is actually something that I had mentioned last week when you, myself, and Casey were on the Senior Bowl squad. We are now the Combine crew, just the two of us. Yeah. But I, I do think when you look at Gronk, Again, he has nothing else that he really needs to accomplish in the NFL. So he's just playing because he wants to play. He doesn't need the money. And in the report, it said that, you know, it's projected that Gronk could get $7 million to $9 million, But But uh, in the article, it, it stated that the Bills could try to do something where they'd sign him to a $5 million deal and then add another $5 million in incentives, which, of course, if he's hitting those incentives, the Bills are most likely winning the super bowl. And I think there's really something, especially for a player like Gronk. there's something about being able to finish your career at from in his hometown with, you know, with that fan base, as I mentioned before, on the podcast, um, you know, he opened up, a, he's got a lot of stuff going on in Tampa, but he right. opened up a, like a, a family gym mm-hmm. over in Buffalo and they still have a lot of connections and ties there. So I think it totally makes sense. And especially on the bill side too, where, they want to get as many great players as possible because they are clearly, you know, maybe even one player away from winning the Super Bowl. If not, I mean, they already have a Super Bowl roster. It's just a matter of getting it done. So I think this would make total sense for both parties. Obviously, it hurts the Bucs in, in their situation. But if you're not, would you play with Josh Allen or number two, three, four and five, which is whatever is going off the Bucs. So it makes sense. Just Bucs fans. It's not yeah. ideal.
0: It makes sense for both sides, to be honest. I know Bucks fans probably don't want to see him in another jersey. It's possible he possibly comes back to the Bucs. That would be awesome, too. Um, he does have family in Tampa. He loves Tampa. There's no question about that. I think that this could be a place he would live after he's done playing football. But if he does see it, okay, best chance to win a ring. Obviously, the Bills roster is really good. I could go up there, play for my hometown team for one year. It's a couple months of my life and then I come back to Tampa and I retire here and everything like that. You know, I think that could be on the table uh, for sure. Ted Curtis, hashtag combine boys, combine crew. Love it. Um, There's some good questions popping up here in the chat. I definitely want to get to some of them, but uh, Charlie saying Gronk kind of seems like a Buffalo Bill. Yeah, I mean, it's out there. And I remember Gronk did back in his days as a Patriot, he speared Trey White in the back of the head. It was one of the nasty, he apologized immediately, apologized after the game. I think he talked
1: about too on the man in the arena. I haven't gone to that episode yet, but I've seen the the commercial. Yeah. So he has addressed it and I'm sure the bills would be able to move on from it. Right.
0: I think so too. You know, I think they'd be able to shake hands. It's been a couple of years. So I think it would be water under the bridge, but it was, I mean, Bills fans wanted to kill that guy after that happened, uh, and so understandably, it was a pretty frustrating uh, moment. But um, it's a couple good questions here. We'll get to the Alave question in a little bit from Vortex because we'll touch on wide receivers in a minute. Um, Richard asked about Cal Rudolph saying he's parting away with, uh, with the Giants. Would he be a good fit for the Bucs? So this would be a situation: you're on Gronkowski's moved on. Um, you may you've Cambray back for a lot less than he's making now, uh, or than he's on the books to make now um, and OJ Howard probably has moved on at this point too. And so you're looking for a veteran guy and you're probably going to, the Bucks are probably going to draft somebody a tight end at some point in the draft. That seems like a very, very safe bet. Um, so yeah, I would say Kyle Rudolph, uh, would he be a good fit with the bucks? Here's the two different realities that exist out there. Kyle Rudolph thinks he's a good blocker. He's not, uh, he's never really been a good blocker, but he's, he's definitely thought that before the bucks want blockers for the tight end spot, but they have, by what they've said, they think the following are good blockers. OJ Howard, Cam Brate, Anthony O'Clair. like none of those guys have been good blockers and the Bucs have said all three of them are good blockers at some point in time. Uh, It's come out of Aaron's mouth many times and they have all thought about O'Clair, and he just wasn't even an NFL player, I feel like. And so I, we will see kind of where this goes. I would say it's not what they need in terms of Kyle Rudolph but it might be what they do anyway they might think that it's what they need and so they might pull that trigger he's a fine player he's you know again we're talking about tight end so as long as you're not breaking the bank there's a lot of guys that can help you there's only a few guys that can change the game for you he's obviously not a game changer but could he be could he help cheap uh, veteran to have in the room uh, to be a, a, a starting tight end in the NFL for a team that isn't going to be paying a lot of money to the tight end they draft somebody to develop you have a Cam you have a Cal Rudolph. yes it's it's probably an option on the table for the bucks i would say
1: I like the idea of Rudolph on the team if you know they essentially get him for the veteran minimum, don't pay him anything more than that, and then he could be, and Cambray could be this too, but just a, a a veteran player that can help groom and, and be a mentor to a, a, a rookie tight end that the Bucks draft this year. But I also feel like Rudolph isn't the only veteran tight end that's going to be available in free agency this offseason. So if it's like... If it's Kyle Rudolph or someone else, I'm not instantly going to pick Kyle Rudolph just because he's a name that, that people know. Um, you know, he made did some of his best work in his prime when he was in the red zone, but the bucks kind of already have that with Cam Brate. So sure. a Veteran guy, a, a, a player that's been around the league for a long time. If he's willing to take a role where he knows he's just going to be here to help out the, the younger guys. Sure. I, I'm for it, but I, I think there's other options and, this isn't even this isn't even in the past that it's a name where it's like oh my god the bucks have to get him like Richard Sherman when it was like ooh he could be available all fans wanted that this is not the case with Kyle Rudolph so you know, we'll see but I don't think it's that big of a deal whether he's here or not
0: yeah it's not gonna be a game changer for them I wouldn't hate the move as long as it's cheap um, you know he's getting near the end I think uh, but he's still capable as a red. Uh, full well. Sorry, I had to get that little shot in there. Uh, Cameron uh, with a good comment here. Gronk signing somewhere or not signing somewhere will be very revealing as it pertains to Brady. This is possibly true. Not necessarily remember. Gronkowski also said I'm pretty sure I'm remembering this right. He said a couple weeks ago that he thinks Brady will eventually play again, but it won't be this year and it'll be after he's retired for a couple which seems very very Non-plausible to me that a 44 year old could just drop the game and then come back to it after being away from I, the training. I hear you,
1: but I would believe more if these are the two scenarios. I would probably bet more for the fact that Brady would not play this year, stay retired, and then come out of retirement versus saying he versus pulling the Brett Favre and retiring but not missing the season so, and playing later. Listen, Brady's the greatest of all time, but people still want to be in that comparison with michael jordan michael jordan retired stayed away from the game from a year this or two and then wild. came back and played this is what a year what so wait hold on let I'm me make sure one
0: is is quite right likely
1: to happen i'm just saying right. if i'm betting on one of the two i'm picking brady okay he's retired for a year realizes that he's not enjoying retirement as much as he could and a year away from the game i think brady could still because he's so physically fit and tb12 and everything could come back and play for like a year i'm not so, saying it's
0: gonna happen so you think it's more likely he doesn't play, play this year and plays in 2023 than he plays in 2022 correct wow that is to me that is an extremely odd take because i agree with you that he's in good shape he's filming a movie right, he's right. A movie this summer he oh can't yeah come back. i'm not saying i don't think it's i think it's just more likely come, i don't think he's coming back period Neither at all I.
1: Okay. I yeah i think the ship right. has sailed everything right. from different okay. comments to gronk wanting to play somewhere right. else brady's not playing
0: but here's here's what i'm saying too though is if brady were to walk away from the game for a year he's not training like a quarterback every day he's gonna eat healthy and go for yogs you know obviously because you got to <laughs> go for a yog but he's not going to be training like an nfl quarterback has to throw at his velocity history all the stuff he has to do the body treatment like that's like a job, basically, for him by itself. I don't think he's going to be doing you that this year You don't know off. what
1: you have until it's
0: gone. I, so you yeah. think he's going to train that the whole year off?
1: No, I don't. But he's already been doing things that defy logic in the game of football, of having a guy that's 44 years old and being the best, arguably the, I mean, the true. best quarterback in the league at the same time. So you
0: think he could drop that for a year then just go back I to it? I think Tom
1: Brady football. defies logic, and there's, <laughs> there's not many things that anyone he would be 46
0: going into next season after a year off you knowing that he once only would want to come back to play at that level okay standard but again what you're saying right now if brady doesn't play
1: this year at all then i have the advantage of either brady plays next season or he stays retired and then it's just a moot point and no one
0: wins right
1: so but this argument in this again we're only choosing two things right right in this argument you only got a couple more months before your prediction is well there. it's not my
0: my prediction is just that it's more likely it's not yes. like i don't think he's going back at all but it's more likely i think that he would play in 2022 than take a year off and play in 2023 that's my prediction so i okay. feel like the michael jordan connection <laughs> i mean if the if that happens i'll give you whatever money's in my wallet right now it probably right. isn't very much i don't even know where my wallet is that's a problem um i will give it to you because that is a that's a wild prediction. I know Gronk said it, but Some, it's just someone Gronk in the being chat. Gronk.
1: Remember this. Just okay.
0: Yeah, yeah remember later. this. Yeah. Remember this if Brady comes back in 2022 or 2023. Um John West, have you shaken Kenny Pickett's <laughs> hand? This dude was like 4 hours late to his podium. So, did he even show up to his podium? I don't even know if he did. I did not
1: see. We didn't talk. I saw to him. him. I was on an escalator and he was on like the other right. floor and I I saw him tap someone up.
0: So he does that. so he does have a hand. We know that. <laughs> but but honestly, I was surprised that it took him so long to get to his podium because I thought, if anything, he'd be early because it doesn't take very long to measure it and to just real quick, and then you're done. Um, that would be my thought. But I have not shaken his hand yet, but he did walk by me, and it was uh, wow. He's walked by me in Mobile, and it was that's a uh, that's a pretty small hand he's got there, no question about that. I am I can't believe he can grip that football. uh, it, uh I really I really can't. Um, okay, let's talk about the tight ends that are meeting with the Bucks here, Matt. You talked to. Colorado state tight end Trey McBride, who is meeting with the Biden informal interview with the box already. Correct. And now is having a formal interview with them later at the combine. Right.
1: Correct. He said he's very excited to meet with the box. And before we get into Trey McBride, another thing that gets me pretty excited is having a Celsius energy drink, which oh. uh, we've heard talking to people this week that there is Celsius here in Indy yes. at your local convenience store. And you know it's the best energy drink around john you want to do the rest of the pitch because uh, you're better
0: I, at doing it i yeah. no i absolutely <laughs> did. this is Celsius, uh powers active lives every day with essential functional energy look at these flavors they're just so beautiful the sparkling fuji apple pear the sparkling strawberry guava the sparkling wild berry tropical vibe peach vibe sparkling orange watermelon there's so many great flavors and guess what today My wife sent me a picture from our house and five new boxes of Celsius just arrived on the ledger doorstep. And it is beautiful. I cannot wait to get home and partake. Uh, These no sugar essential energy accelerates metabolism, burns body fat, comes in a bunch of different outstanding flavors you can right now you can get some of the celsius for yourself believe it or not ladies and gentlemen it is out there and it is available to you uh here's how you can do it you can go to celsius.com use the store locators find out where they sell celsius near you or you can go to the banner ads at pewterreport.com click on those as well and use the amazon subscribe and save option to get celsius coming to your house with unbelievable regularity so make sure you check uh that out and uh get yourself some of the best energy drink out there folks these these honestly do not happen uh, very often where you get an opportunity to get an energy drink that does not give you the crash and gives you all the good stuff that Celsius does as well. So you check that out. Uh, the Brandon Allen hand massages vortex brings up. Yes, this is a Kenny Pickett special because uh, he's going to need these because yeah, Brandon Allen got the hand massages and I think he got like a quarter, another quarter inch on his hand size or something like that. So
1: there you go. Uh, pretty
0: weird for I, sure. I but.
1: can get into training train right now. So, yeah, we, we spoke to him today, earlier at the Combine, and as you said, informal interview with the Buccaneers, and then he said that he's having a formal interview with the Buccaneers later this afternoon. So as the show is going on right now, he could be in the middle of it. He could have already had it. But anyway, yeah, he said he was meeting with the tight ends, coach Rick Christopher, uh, head coach Bruce Arians, of course. and
0: Rick Christopher is now the offensive the senior offensive assistant or something like that. Right. And, um, John Van Damme.
1: Yeah, John Van Dam. Yeah. John, it makes me want to say John claude Van Damme. The, uh, the, but anyway, and he's meeting with Jason Light as well, too. But I think what's more important about this is, one, Trey McBride, as you've said, John, and many people have said as well, You know, he's the, the cream of the crop when it comes to the tight end group here in this draft class. And we spoke about it before. Bruce Arians loves, loves physical blockers, whether that's at tight end or running back. But in this scenario... The thing that really stood out to me when talking to Trey McBride, when he was up at the podium today is, you know, he comes from a school in Colorado state that was very much a run heavy team, a run first mentality, but that's the key word there is mentality. He said he believes he's a tremendous blocker. And he said that more than anything else, that being a good blocker is a mindset. It's knowing that you're lining up against someone and you know that you're better than them. It's more than just physical traits. It's the the mental trait of knowing whoever you're lining up against, you're going to go up there and defeat. He said he likes blocking. He really enjoys it. And that's music to Bruce Arians ears. And another thing, too, I think that we should point out is, sure, having a blocker is great, but you want a guy that can be a receiver, too, because eventually you're going to want to, you know, upgrade from Cam Brady or when Cam Brady's contract is done, you know, for the future, you want a guy that can do a little bit more than block. And you look at Trey McBride's stats, and you see last year he only had one touchdown. But with that said, he had over a 1,000 receiving yards, and he won the John Mackey Award, which is the NCAA Award for the most outstanding tight end in college football. So he clearly has talent as a receiver, and he, he addressed that as well, too. And he said it's just because of Colorado State. He said he never complained about getting the ball or anything like that. It's just they're a run-heavy team, and when they're in the red zone, they're going to run the ball before they throw it. So he only had one touchdown, but he addressed that. And, uh, you know, I'm picking up what he's putting down. I, I understand his point. And again, to his point, he scored a touchdown in the senior bowl. So he can get it done as a receiver, but it's that blocking aspect that could get him in red and pewter if the Bucks decide to go that way.
0: I think McBride's going to be an interesting case where he ends up going. There was a lot of talk early that he could go maybe in the late first round, right around the, the Bucks' range, picking at number twenty-seven overall. But now it feels like that's cooled a good bit. I think he's going to be more of a day two pick, uh, maybe even in the Bucks' range of the Bucks' second round pick, and um, it could be the third round. And maybe that's a little bit too far of a fall for him. But there's a lot of options, including the Bucks trading back in the first round or back in the third round. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, yeah, uh, there's a lot of options for potentially. McBride, but he's not the only tight end the Bucs are meeting with here, too. Daniel Bellinger from San Diego State, who's a big blocking tight end. He loved talking with the Bucs. He said he, they talked gap scheme stuff and a very similar offense to what he ran at San Diego State and the amount of blocking he did at San Diego State, which is a run first team. And so the blocking part appeals to both those guys. They have the mentality for it. They have the size for it. So those will be two names to watch for the Bucs. Cody McBride, Daniel Bellinger. Um, they weren't the Jeremy only ones. Rucker. Jeremy Rucker from Ohio State, who's another top tight end in the draft. Could be the top tight end off the board. Either he or McBride or UCLA's Greg Dulcich are probably going to be the top tight ends off the board. Uh, Dulcich more of a receiving tight end. Um, but there's going to be some options for the Bucs, and they're probably going to come in the, in the second, third rounds of the draft. Um, and those are going to be some guys. Now, there's another guy, Austin Allen from Nebraska. Um, he also uh, was at the Combine today and t- met with the Bucs. This guy is 6'8". 258 pounds so he's not even that heavy and he's just kind of bulking up as he goes he's I don't adding even know how that's po-
1: I don't know how it's possible like just the to be that tall and weigh that little it just I don't know it doesn't add up like yeah. Tom Brady playing at
0: 46. <laughs> You're all about the longer stretches today but that's exactly right though. Austin Allen, he. I mean this guy's gotta get some bulk on him like he just right now is so light um, but he, he really came on late in the season for Nebraska, an interesting option for the Bucks. They could draft two tight ends. I mean, honestly, with the one with a day two on the day three pick, it's not crazy to think that that could happen. And so we'll just see how the off season goes, obviously. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of, uh, options maybe on the table for them, at tight end and they're meeting with as many of these guys as they can. It sounds like especially the blocking tight ends, uh, in mobile, uh, or sorry, in Indianapolis. Good question here. Uh, Can Max Williams be a veteran option for the Bucs? Solid blocker, improved as a receiver last season and probably cheap. Yes. We've talked about this actually Mm -hmm. on the show a couple times that Max Williams could be a good option for the Bucs because he's a blocker first. He's relatively cheap. He's coming off an injury. It's probably going to be even cheaper. um, And he's not going to do much as a receiver, but he's a capable receiver too. It seems like he's the exact type of player they're looking for.
1: Yeah, again, it kind of goes to the the Rudolph situation where it's, will this guy come in and be willing to help out the the younger guys and teach the younger generation, as they might say? Um, I'm not knocking anything that Kyle Rudolph and Max Williams has done, but I kind of just lump them together. And with any of the other veteran tight ends, it's no disrespect. I'm just kind of lumping them together In that situation, because I don't really see too many free agent tight ends out there that I look at and go, oh, they're going to make like a not even a big impact, just some type of significant impact on this team other than red zone tight end second tight end that will maybe get a touchdown here and there because of a really good play action play. But yeah, I'm down with it.
0: Yeah, there's not a lot of ends in the NFL, honestly, that are doing this at a high level. You know, just there's not there, – that's why I hope so few get paid because – you can find guys like Max Williams for relatively some, and they can keep your tight end room afloat. So that's why I'm not like overly stressed about the Bucks' tight end situation this year, um, especially given the context of where the quarterback position's at. I think if, if they can get some guys to build toward, you know, next year, having better seasons, that would be optimal direction to go uh, with the tight end room, I think. But uh, Max Williams, definitely an option that I would have on the table. Uh, Emily asks, how's the weather here? Surprisingly great for Indy. Um, in past years when i've gone it's been freezing and very windy and snowing two years ago the last time we were here uh it was it was there was snow on the ground scott actually went and did a um the snow angel on the ground uh that year with taylor and i were here with him um and so yeah it's it's really pretty nice i mean tomorrow's going to be cold i think but it's been nice tuesday and wednesday and it'll be nice friday and saturday i think so yeah but nothing to complain about so far in terms of the weather uh thanks for asking emily um The uh, vortex says in this draft, I try to get as many early day two picks as I can. Yeah. If you can trade down in this draft, people are going to try and do it. Teams are going to try and do it. Problem is, can you get anybody to trade up? Uh, That's going to be the real adventure with no great quarterbacks on the board. Maybe at the end of round one, though, teams want to jump up and steal one, get the fifth year option in there for a quarterback. It's possible you could pick up an extra pick and that would be a good move for the Bucks this year for sure. So um, lots to, to think about along those lines. Leo says I don't see Gronk going to the Bills and we appreciate the super chat Leo. The contract they're offering him is insulting. 5 million guaranteed, 5 million more in incentives, no way. That is not an actual contract that has been offered because there's tampering um, that that can't that can't actually have an offer on the table now at this point. They can have some interest, they could potentially even violate tampering to a degree that they would reach out to them, but they're not going to put offers on the table, um, and they're probably not going to put an offer. The Probably the offer that you see out there in that article was specifically one from uh, Track, I think is how you say it. Um, that website is not very reliable when it comes to contracts. Uh, they will fall into a couple here and there, but it's way more reliable to look at over the cap and to look at pro football focus they to work with NFL teams, and so they are much closer to the numbers in terms of projection. I think Gronk in the seven to nine million range probably makes sense it's possible that he decides to go somewhere like buffalo and play for less i don't think this contract is necessarily totally crazy i do think it's something the back bucks could could very easily match and he would be going just because he thinks he has a better shot at winning a ring and he maybe he's always wanted to play for his hometown team before he retires that could be a possibility right and i just think that
1: like Gronk doesn't need the money so five million sure he wants to get paid but he what he deserves, but five million—I don't think it's like a slap in the face to him. He could make that by just doing a couple more commercials. You know what I mean? I really think it just comes down to he wants to play in his hometown and he wants to play for a winning team. That you can—you can't guarantee anything in the NFL, right. but uh, someone that odds in favor of winning the division, having a home playoff game, and making a run in the postseason. Where currently with the bucks you just can't say that right now you don't even know who their quarterback's going to be you don't even know if your second best or some argue best wide receiver on the team is going to be back with Chris Godwin you just look at everything if you you know like when people do the stats like quarterback a has this, these stats quarterback b has these stats like which one are you going with And you find out like oh my god it's this guy what right. that's essentially what it is right now with the bills and the bucks like everything is swaying towards why wouldn't I sign with the bills other than the weather? Right. But fun. I think Kronk is used to that. Right.
0: Exactly. Uh, Nathan says, hello, Th- hello, Nathan. Uh, thanks okay. for watching. We appreciate it. Uh, Mark says, <laughs> John looks like he misses his bed back home. Yeah. I've uh, can kid. I can't stifle a few yawns on the on today's show. It's just, it's happening because yeah, we, we, uh, I did not sleep that great, and I don't usually sleep that great period, but let alone in hotel rooms, yeah, it gets uh, a little bit wild. But you did, Matt, so that was the important thing. I slept thing. like a, like a yeah, baby. I that was out that was like a light. Uh, your boy, not so much. But uh, tonight we're, we're looking to make up for it, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Leo with a $2 super chat. Gronk is estimated 7 to $9 million guaranteed, correct? Uh, that'll probably be where his price tag comes in at for whoever resigns him, unless he's willing to just say, hey, I'm just taking less money to go and, uh, and, and try and win a ring somewhere. Um, yeah. Henry says, uh, like, and subscribe everyone boost the YouTube SEO, support the content. Absolutely true. Thank you, Henry. It's a great comment here because it does help. Yeah. The super chats help the likes help the, uh, all the likes that you do boost the YouTube SEO, bring more people to the channel. Uh, we know that this is the slower time of year, but we've got free agency coming right around the corner and uh it is going to be one of the more eventful free agencies that you will see because the bucks have a lot up in the air and it's going to be very exciting to see what happens on the market in terms of some new blood coming in potentially but also in seeing how many uh people that they could bring back from their current uh free agent crop um so uh, that's uh definitely part of the situation right now that we're going to have our eye on especially as we look forward but before we do that matt we've got to talk about our friends over at pin chasers because right now they've got an awesome, awesome opportunities for bowling food and fun that are out there. I was there the other night and they were packed. I mean, there were people pouring out of them out on the weekend. It was incredible. There was like 25 people in line. This place has it going on and it, people know that it's really the place to be.
1: Yeah. I saw you tweeting about that. I'm like, Oh, he's got to be at pin chasers right now. Very nice. And the great thing about pin chasers is that they have different events literally every single night. So it doesn't matter what day of the week is, you know something's gonna be popping off when you go to Pinchasers. They got all you can eat pizza on Tuesday nights. They got uh, all you can bowl on Thursday nights and $1 Miller Lights. Different events going on all the time. The grill is great, it's very underrated. And they got waiters and waitresses that will bring it right to your lane, wherever you're bowling. And there's also multiple different locations, too. East Pasco, Zephyr Hills, Midtown, and Veterans, um, a ton of different locations. So wherever you are in the Tampa Bay area, there won't be a Pinchasers that is too far from you. So go to pinchasers.net to make sure you reserve a lane or book a party. Um, Again, it's a great area to go and uh bring friends family loved ones uh it's a good time for everyone and you'd be supporting a fellow bucks fan uh in anthony he's a season ticket holder anthony peroni so uh bucks fans helping bucks fans who doesn't like that so go to pinchasers.net for more information and to reserve a lane to book a party like i said so pinchchasers a proud sponsor of the podcast
0: it's great stuff. All right, let's talk about some of these wide receivers that the Bucks are apparently talking to. Chris Olave was the uh, 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 Vortex. I love seeing me on Trevor's pod. I appreciate that. Uh, getting some love on Trevor's pod. Yeah, thank it you. It, was, it really was great. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. It was fun to be back. Obviously, podding with Trevor is, is the best, no question about it. And, uh, it was fun being on there and, and hearing people's reactions, too. Talked a lot of draft on there and gave some more in-depth draft uh, thoughts for anybody looking for it. Go to this, uh, check out the stock exchange podcast. Um, it's a pretty fun show, no question about it. Uh, always is with Trev. Um, uh, let's, this wide receiver group, Chris Olave, meet, meet, meet with the Bucs. And uh, man, I mean, watch film. They watch film, right. they watch watch film. film together. That, that to me, I don't think you use the word formal interview. But it's probably indicative of a formal interview that usually the informal ones are quick, small, or, or smaller, uh, short uh, questionnaire and a couple questions to them, and then they fill out a questionnaire. Like that's usually how the informals work. So I would say that's probably a formal interview with Chris Alave. So Bucks are doing their due diligence on guys that for Alave, I don't think he's going to make it to their second round pick unless he. Runs a trash forty this week, um, but so we'll see what happens. But I think that yeah, you'll see. Is he work out tomorrow? Why does she work out tomorrow? Is that right? I believe so. Okay, I think so. Around tomorrow, so. We'll get to see him, I think, at some point here soon. But, yeah, that's going to be one that we're going to have our eye on. Uh, Chris Alave, I've already written about him in a Bucks briefing. I linked in it in today's article about Alave up on PeterReport.com. Y'all can check that out and check out what I wrote about him in my analysis. I, I like some things about him. I don't know if he's a pure Bucks fit, but if they bring back Godwin, he is just kind of just an outside receiver, and he is kind of a, a very much a vertical threat type of player. That definitely could be the type that they're looking for. Can he become more than that? Is he ever going to be a yak guy? Is he fast enough to be a great vertical threat receiver? Those are questions he really needs to answer this week. And so we'll see what happens. I think he's doing everything except the bench, right?
1: Yeah, that's what he said today, doing everything but the bench. And it was funny hearing him. uh, He got asked a question about what players does he model his game after? And I'm pretty sure like every wide receiver today mentioned Devontae Adams, but another player that he mentioned, and this, Might not make Bucs fans happy, but he's a big fan of Deshaun Jackson and the game that Deshaun Jackson has. And I'm not saying those players are similar, but the big play threat, I think, is is the most important takeaway from that. Is that Olave really enjoys that big downfield splash play that obviously Bruce Arians likes the, the vertical offense where I think that could be a really good fit. he's the same size height wise as uh, as Chris Godwin. Godwin was a little bit uh had a couple more pounds on him than olave did and we'll see with the the official uh, heights and and measurements and weights and everything like that. but um he was my combine crush and it was it was cool to see him just, uh, you know, the the fact that it was a formal interview and watching tape and everything like that, I I think that goes a little bit further further than just your typical, oh, it it was great, great organization, that type of thing. So I'm very interested to see what happens with Chris Olave, especially because you know, he's coming from a big school with another wide receiver from the same school, his teammate, that uh, Garrett Wilson, that obviously a lot of people are very high on as well. So um, he's definitely familiar with playing with another talented receiver just like how Mike Evans and Chris Godwin have been able to do that so we'll see yeah.
0: uh good points there uh, somebody asked John what are your rough wide receiver rankings this year okay so these are rough you cannot hold me to these these will not be my final wide receiver rankings there's a couple guys that I haven't even watched yet that will be in this mix including Garrett Wilson and John Dotson I've watched them I know they'll be in the mix I just don't know exactly where yet because I haven't finished. I use a numerical grading scale. Some of you can see this, maybe some um, on a spreadsheet. So I actually have to average out their rankings. Their their points are in each category to figure out exactly where they'll be in the rankings. Right now, the players that I finished, I've only finished six of the wideouts in this class. In grade, but this is what I have so far. Okay, so this is just so far. Jalen Tolbert is my sixth guy out of those. Uh, he was at the Senior Bowl. We'll see what he runs. He could be in the third or fourth round range for me. He might fall to the fourth. Um, we'll see. I wasn't as impressed with him in the senior bowl as some other people were. Drake London is fifth for me. We'll uh, see what that 40 looks like. He could potentially be the fourth guy out of the guys that I've finished. David Bell is just ahead of Drake London, so there's your hot dig for you. Uh, but how, how Bell tests, that, that's very close, and it's close enough that you know there could be a number of things that kind of throw that the other direction, depending on how testing goes for those guys. Um, and so let's see where that goes with David Bell. But I did like him a little bit more than Drake London on in, in, in terms of tape, which is very much a hot take for people. I think uh, Chris Olave would be third for me in that group. Um, I like his game. I didn't, I wonder his game is so vertical. I think he has to run well to continue to be good in that area of the field because he is not, um, he is a good route runner but he is not a super physical player at the line of scrimmage after the catch. So you have to be able to have great traits. Speaking of great traits, Jamison Williams is my number two guy. Uh, I think there's questions with Jamison Williams. I don't have a first round grade on him. I only have a few first round grades every year. Um, But Jamison Williams just has that trump card speed uh, that he's got a lot of other things to figure out a wide out. And I don't factor injuries in. So teams are gonna have to do that because I'm not a doctor. Teams will have to do their own medical assessments. Um, But the way I see it, I think he's got a lot of traits going in his favor um that could make him a really good player if his head's on straight and if he's fully healthy for the NFL. And then Traylon Burks is my number one receiver. And nobody's close to Traylon Burks. So unless he bombs the testing, which I don't think is gonna happen, um, he's I think he's gonna him. be wide receiver one. Yeah, yeah. And then there's two guys I haven't I haven't finished yet is John Dotson and and Garrett uh, Wilson who I believe are going to be up there as well Justin Ross Sky Moore George Pickens those are all guys I'm still going to finish their evaluations they'll be in the mix somewhere with those guys Um, but that's kind of how I see the group right now we've got we've got a ways to go though and and quite a few things I value the combine a lot at certain areas for wide receivers so we'll see uh, how that works Uh, you mentioned Traylon Burke's hands before you get to this lobby question his hands are just absurd huh
1: Well, that's why I brought it up because you were the one that told me the story that apparently he gets his gloves customized because his hands are so big, they're what like a four XL, uh, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. customized gloves. Like, I mean, Kenny Pickett might faint when he (laughs) he looks at when he looks at perks. I want to see a picture of
0: Pickett's (laughs) hand up against, yeah, up against uh, Traylon Burke's hand. And just be able to compare the sizes because it's, I'm sure, so ridiculous. But um, Long Lost Glazer says, did Chris Olave manage to go back to school and drop his draft stock? Wasn't he a mid to late first rounder last year? I don't think he dropped his draft stock. He had 13 touchdowns and the most receiving yards he's ever had in a season this past year, despite playing with an emerging Smith and Jigba, who was unbelievable, um, and, and obviously Garrett Wilson and a freshman quarterback. Um, Olave was just – as good as he was any other year on tape this year. The problem is he just hasn't really evolved beyond what he's good at uh, really any of the last three years. I don't know how much going back to school helped him, but I don't think it hurt him. He only went back to school because he was getting a go back to school or not a first round. Let's put it that way. They give first round day two, I think, and not, and go back to school. I think that's how the event. or no, but maybe it's first round round two well, go back yeah, to school. Yeah. It's like three things. two is two and three. Right. I don't know if it's day two or round two that they tell you. But either way, he didn't get a round one assessment from the NFL advisory board. doesn't mean he wouldn't have gone round one. Just that was the advice he was getting. So I wouldn't say his stock was there. I'd say his stock was below that. Now he could be a first rounder or he could fall to the second. I don't think it's crazy. How he runs is going to be really important for a player like that who mainly wins on the vertical plane. That's going to matter a lot uh, for a guy like him. So 40s are big for a lot of these dudes uh, tomorrow. No question about it. He is a good route runner. Um, so there is something going for him in that regard. He's great ball skills, too. No question about it. Um, Richie says, Watching film, could see that now. BA, you see this kid that gets knocked down by a good crop dust. Can you do better than that? Yeah. Um, that's gonna be one of the concerns, I think, with Olave. Just he's slight frame. Um, nobody asked about his weight today. I don't think tomorrow we get weigh ins, I believe, for wide receivers. Um, and so we'll see kind of where he comes in at. Um, but that's going to be a big one, I think. How fast does he run at whatever weight that he's at will, will matter a good bit um, for this. Mark asks, with Marpet uh, gone, is wide receiver the top priority in your opinion? If they bring back Godwin, I don't know if it's the top priority, but I yeah I think that it's an important thing. You've got to have three good wide receivers on this team. There's just no question about that, and they only have two of Godwin's back.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I think Godwin was the number one priority before Brady retired. He was the number one priority to begin with overall so um I, I i would almost say in terms of if godwin is back then just replacing ali Pet becomes the number one priority you stay at the same position there i, I think it's that i think it's and we'll see what happens with the domkin but another defensive tackle i think those are probably some more of the, the the prominent positions that they have to replace and address and try to address quickly more than anything else but yeah if godwin's there then Uh, wide receiver three still very very important but maybe not number
0: one right it's there's a there's definitely going to be a different approach based on what happens with godwin but i think there is a serious recognition for the bucks that they need to upgrade that wide receiver three spot and that the player to do that is probably not currently in that room Anybody else on the market, if they, even if they resign Juju or even if they resign Godwin, do they go after Juju um, or somebody like that on the market that could be one year could be cheap? Um, you know, it, it's going to be there's a lot up in the air in terms of uh, how they'll invest in the wide receiver position uh, moving forward for a team that has honestly, Matt, they've invested uh, a lot of in the wide receiver position over the years and it's born great fruit for them. Uh, no question about it. Speaking of investments, uh, by the way, you know, where to invest your money. If you're looking ahead to retirement, there's no better place to do that than with our friends at Amuni Financial.
1: At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now.
0: Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. Thank you. you. Thank you.
1: And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future.
0: How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic.
1: I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Uni
0: Financial, plan ahead, stay ahead. Managing your family's wealth means more to Immuni Financial than simply allocating your assets. It means legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, and insurance services. With 40 years of experience, let Immuni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Call Immuni Financial at 800 868 6864 or visit Immuni.com. Great stuff uh, with our friends at Immuni Financial. Um, you know, they are changing the game out there for a lot of people. And so would strongly advise uh, giving them a call for sure. All right, uh, let's get to the last of the questions, Matt, and wrap this pay- baby up. Um, we got some good questions here. Nate Pitt says, uh, for a question not directly related to Tom Brady, on retirement, how many times a day are you asked about Tom Brady? It is unreal. We are asked by Tom Brady by basically everybody that we Multiple see. Times. Oh, you Multiple know, times. Yeah, day. what's happened with the Bucs now that Tom Brady's uh, not quarterback? We've gotten asked that. How many how many times have you been asked that think, you, since you've been here? Mm,
1: at least triple digits.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, oh, since we got to Indy, not triple said, digits. hundred
0: people <laughs> have asked you this. I feel like I have I, no I, friends now.
1: I'm sorry. I thought you said just like in general, since the time yeah. for anything happened. Um, That's probably yeah. true,
0: though. That probably yeah. combined between the two of us. We've actually been happened last time. On yeah,
1: because yeah. it happened on Gasparilla, which obviously
0: you probably got asked by. Everyone. <laughs> yeah,
1: where I was, I got asked by everyone there. But yeah, here, um, definitely, I don't know double digits for sure
0: the right. 20 something like that yeah enrique enrique says the the bucks and the peter report are not on the same page when it comes to the tight end position i'm not sure what that means what does that mean we're uh, not on the same page
1: uh, i don't know is, is bruce saying something that we have said that yeah there he's not into please please elaborate yeah
0: elaborate enrique let us know what you mean by that um uh, uh psycho says john do the bucks just take the best player available at 27 uh, yes, I don't, here's, I okay, this is a good too. question. This is actually what I wanted to end the show on. Thank you, Psycho. This is perfect. I wanted to end the show on this. I think we've learned a lot of things. I'm going to write about the end of the week, kind of what we've learned about the Bucks' draft plans, uh, and off season plans since we've been here. And i already have a lot of ideas formulating, but I'll let one part of what I, we've learned out. I think the Bucks in the first round are going to draft one of these positions. Are you ready, Matt? Oh, I'm so ready. Okay. Wide receiver, I think it's on the table for them because they valued a lot. I don't think it's necessarily at the top of the list, but they feel like this is a good class of wideouts and it could be the best player available if they can't trade down. And that's going to be hard to trade down. Defensive tackle, but only certain types of defensive tackles. Bruce Arians was clear about that. They want explosive upfield penetrating type of defensive tackle. Devontae Wyatt, if he's on the board, could be a possibility for the Bucs. And so that's an option, I think. Um, not probably a Jordan Davis or a Travis Jones. Mm-hmm these are all defensive tackles by the way number three i think interior offensive line has to be on the board right now we'll see if they bring back kappa and jensen maybe i changed my mind they have stinny they take somebody later in the draft that's probably how i'll feel about it if they lose two interior offensive linemen of the three or all three for sure but if they lose even two i think it's high on their list in the first round i think they're going to take one of those three positions around i don't think they're going to take a linebacker i don't i Almost, you know, Unless it's clearly best player available, I don't think they'll take an edge defender. I don't think they'll take a linebacker. I don't know why they would take an edge defender. They just locked up Shaq Barrett, and they just drafted Joe T.S., who they're crazy about. So I don't think they would take an edge defender, period, That plus Anthony Nelson's development. Um, I don't think they take a linebacker. I don't think they're going to take a safety that high in the draft. Even if they lost Whitehead, I don't think they'd feel that desperate. I don't think they're going to take a corner that early. I don't think they're going to take a tight end that high or a running back that high. And they're not going to draft a quarterback, so I think one of those three positions. Do you do you agree or disagree with me? I agree
1: a hundred percent. Wow. The only thing that could, I guess, change is if you know. It feels like every draft there's always one or two players that that drop for whatever reason. So again, if it were a situation where there's like a corner that is just can't miss or an edge rusher, again, I don't. I understand like, why they shouldn't take an edge rusher because of everything you just said. But occasionally a, a player drops that far where it's like, oh, like we have to go do this. And um, I guess we'll see with safety, too, depending on what happens with Jordan Whitehead. But that's more all the three positions that you said before that are clearly top priority before right. any of those others.
0: Yeah. Uh, Long last said, Would you take Dax Hill at 27? I've got to finish watching Dax Hill. uh, Possibility. Roger McCreary, round one. I don't think Roger McCreary is going to go round one. Let's see how he tests. He says he's going to test. Well, he said he's going to test fast uh, when he was interviewed recently. I know. And so that'll be at the end of the week, obviously, that he'll uh, he'll be up at the combine. But, yeah, he's going to be want to see how fast he is. Cause we know he's not that big or long. The other interesting thing about McCreary is that he told uh, people at the, uh, at the in mobile at the senior bowl, he never played zone coverage in his life. So he's only played man coverage. So when they did zone and the senior bowl practices, he literally was like, I have no idea what I'm doing yet. Like I don't, you know, in terms of recognizing route concepts and passing off counts concepts and things like that and playing in a space, like it's totally new to him. So that will eliminate certain teams as, as fits for him, which could, alter his stock at some point um, somebody says sauce gardener drop and you know I, it's possible it's just I mean you know, right now it seems like it's not on the table like if something like that happens maybe the Bucks right. would go outside of the positions I described there but I, I don't think that that's going to happen usually if it happens it's for a reason that that could scare off the box too so um, we'll see what happens Yeah, Dax uh, could provide slot cornerback and safety flexibility um, it's interesting you know, Dax played a Dax Hill played a little bit of safety for Michigan, but he mostly was just a slot uh, for Michigan. These guys, some of these guys get projected back to safety, but it is a lot of snaps at a position they haven't played very much of, and it's very different. Some guys can just do it real easily, I guess. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, he did play free safety too. I mean, kind of all for Albany. He's also a tier one athlete uh, that matters too. So we'll see Dow Dax Hill tests. Will, will probably be a, a pretty uh, big indication. All right, last one. Psycho says Linderbaum. Don't think so, Linderbaum. Mostly an outside zone type of fit at center. I don't think that's a good fit for the Bucks. Uh, I think they would be worried that he'd get knocked back a little bit. So uh, that would be my concern with Psycho or with uh, Linderbaum there, Psycho. Um, so good stuff. We there's good stuff on the show today. Got lots of great questions. We're going to keep giving you as much intel as we can from Indianapolis and what's going on here um, at PeterReport.com. There's content constantly going up. Uh, it's great quality content as well. So make sure you're checking that out. Um, like the show, make sure you're subscribed to the Pew report podcast, keep supporting everything we're doing and we'll keep giving you great content. We promise you that. Thanks so much to everybody for listening to another one edition. Oh yeah. Go ahead, Matt.
1: Oh, just, just one last thing before we sign off. Um, Yeah. Go to Pew p- We got a lot of great articles. Um, had a very cool story about Drake London saying that he idolizes his, he, he makes his game after Mike Evans tries to take stuff from his game because they're similar size. Uh, go to our social media as well, our Twitter, Instagram, uh, we posted some great videos about J- Jahan Dotson and his relationship with Chris Godwin and how they worked out together um, over the summer. So yeah, just there's different things all over the place. You get on the podcast, the website, and on our social media as well. So make sure you check all of that out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's pretty fun time to be a Bucks fan if you're looking at the content over there because there's lots to digest, and it's going to be just an exciting offseason in general and, and lots up in the air, which it's kind of a fun place to be in if you're a fan. So uh, there's a lot of good stuff to check out. Um, so thanks so much, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, and catch us again tomorrow for another edition of the Peter Report Podcast. Out.